Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show here, and thanks as always for stopping in. We've got uh, more madness going on out there, and just uh, really trying to figure out where this market's going to head. We've uh, we've definitely seen some updates. We are definitely feeling a bit better about where things are, but uh, really, where are they headed? That's uh, that's really the question. That's what's on the top of everyone's mind right now, and uh, we just have a lot more uncertainty. And uh, right when we think we're going to really solve something or get an answer, you know, we got a little bit of uh, leniency in the U.S.-China re uh, relations. Some of the, the tensions there kind of subsided. We saw some of those Chinese stocks really move higher. But then in the next breath, we think that Russia is invading Poland. Uh, it looks right now, CNN's reporting that it looks to be a Ukrainian missile that ultimately attacked Poland. But uh, then we've got stuff going on in the retail sector. We've got uh, some earnings coming in. Some are looking okay. Some are looking a little weak. Some are guiding down. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on out there. And uh, I want to try to help everyone out and really kind of demystify what's going on and really get a solid footing as to what it is that's out there. What are some things that we should possibly be afraid of? And ultimately, where can we invest for you know what 2023 might bring. That's uh, really what we're looking at. We want to be forward-looking in our investments. We want to be looking for uh, some maybe some things that are weaker now that might uh, return to some, some higher numbers or potentially even some things that are holding up well now and could continue to do that. So uh, if you're new here, as always, thanks. And I uh, want to try to help you guys out by giving some of the news and ultimately covering some of the things that I'm watching. But uh, yeah, first off, we had, uh, I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and get into some retail stocks. We had uh, Target, TJ Maxx. We had, uh, I think Home Depot numbers are out. We've also got uh, Walmart numbers that are out. And, um, you know, Walmart came out and they basically said, oh yeah, things are looking good. We're, we're moving up. And we kind of had to look into that a little bit more when we were really looking. Uh, at first glance, it was okay. It was a decent quarter for them. But um, a lot of those numbers were pretty much coming from a rise in grocery. So we, they had a uptick in the amount of people that were looking to purchase grocery items from their stores. They said that a higher percentage of uh, families making $100,000 or more we're shopping there than what they are used to, and that definitely helped those numbers. Now, apparel and merchandise were a bit softer. So we fast forward then to the Target earnings, and they said, you know, it's it's not looking great. Apparel, merchandise, yeah, we have an inventory glut. We got too much. People aren't buying. Uh, so we've kind of seen that trend around the board of the consumer doesn't really either want the inventory that's there they don't want it at the price that it's uh, being sold for, or ultimately the consumer is just getting weaker and is really tightening those uh, those purse strings, if you will. So definitely some concerning stuff uh, in that mix. We did see uh, TJ Maxx go ahead and uh, have a good quarter. They actually were able to guide higher, 
uh, a lot of that inventory coming from uh, some of these uh, first tier kind of retailers that they can't sell. They are, you know, then selling it to TJ Maxx at a discount. And then we can go and purchase those uh, those high priced retail goods at a discount. So we've definitely got that. Uh, TJ Maxx is up about 4.3% today. And it is looking like it is at a yearly high. So not one that I am rushing out to buy at the moment, but uh, it is one that you might want to think about adding uh, for a little bit of protection if the market does uh, ultimately you know, give some of these gains back. And uh, even at a time when things are looking good and TJ Maxx is having a bad time, this could be one that uh, does give, some, give you some recession proof to your portfolio, a little bit more than some of these retail names selling at uh, at full cost. Uh, so that one is definitely looking looking pretty solid right now. But uh, when we look over at Walmart, we've uh, got a small bit of a gain today, up about a dollar, uh, currently sitting at 148.41. And uh, over the past five days, let's take a look here. Uh, big spike up from uh, the 14th at uh i think we were sitting at about 138 and then we gapped up all the way to 148 so definitely a a nice uh kind of reward after that earnings call and uh let's go ahead and take a look at target i did not actually get a second to look up these tickers beforehand but uh, i know that it did go down and it is painful wow oh uh, target <laughs> another major gap down on this one so we are down 12.87% today. Um, we were sitting at 179 yesterday. We are at 155.94 right now. And that is just a lot of pain. They said that they're going to have a weaker than expected uh, Q4. Weaker than expected holiday season is ultimately a bad, bad sign for this retail giant. They've got... Uh, They've got that inventory, but it just seems like no one wants what they have. And uh, we've kind of seen that over in the chip space as well. Uh, Micron was actually saying the same thing on an earnings call. They are actually further reducing their DRAM and NAND uh, wafer by 20% versus last quarter. And uh, they're really looking for a spot to get rid of all this uh, inventory. They can't get it to China. That's uh, kind of been blacklisted. And it doesn't really look like the Brazilians or uh, India are really looking to pick up a lot of these chips. And it's it's really just a tough situation out there. So some of the chip stocks are kind of trading down on this news as well. Uh, I know Lamb Research is in that uh, that field as well. So Lamb Research is down 6.5%. That one definitely um, is a bit of a burner. But um, yeah, ultimately, I do think that these are going to come back. It's just uh, out of favor at the moment. Kind of similar to Target. I do think that Target's going to get their, their stuff back together. And uh, does that mean we want to buy either of these right now? Um, Target, we're still sitting at a 20 times PE. Uh, I could take a little bit deeper of a dive and look at the price to sales. I would uh, add uh, be advantageous of you to do that in your own uh, research as well before you go to buy some of these names. Take a look at the, the price to sales. Take a look at the PE Look at uh, some of those revenue guidance for the next year. Uh, target out of 20 times earnings uh, with a beta of a 1.4 with an inventory problem, with a consumer problem. Is it the recession stock we thought it was? 
uh, I'm not so sure anymore. It's definitely nice to have those consumer staples, the food goods, which I know they have some, but it's not uh, it's not the core of their business. It's definitely a, a little bit tougher of a time for Target right now. So I don't know that I'm buying at a 20 times earnings. If it got down to a 15, 16, that might entice me. That's more that value place where I want to be on a name like this. But uh, ultimately, we really need this thing to get solved. That's uh, kind of what we keep seeing a little bit of everywhere is we need some guidance. We need some you know, clarity as to what's going to happen, where they're taking this one, and ultimately, where is it going in the future? Uh, so it definitely worries me on that one. Now, when we look at Micron, um, yeah, Micron, still a, a more volatile stock. They are down about 6.5% today, right along with Lamb Research. They kind of trade in unison. But um, the PE, we're sitting at an eight times earnings. Uh, the beta is still a 1.4. And ultimately, uh, I don't think that chips are going out of style. They are always in style anymore with uh, the internet of everything and everything's connected. Uh, I still have a strong belief that these are going to do well. The, the chips that are going into laptops and things are a bit slower for them. The cell phones are a bit slower for them. But ultimately, I do think that is a cyclical trend. I do think that this will come back. And uh, it's not that they're making the wrong chips. It's just that everyone bought everything they needed. And they're really kind of now tightening down as uh, you don't have all those stimulus dollars. You already have your home office set up. You've already got all the stuff you accumulated over the past two years. So it's really a cyclicality thing in my mind for a name like Micron. Uh, so Micron might be something that I would add to a watch list in order to really keep a close eye on this one as to where it's going. Uh, maybe set an alert at uh, a lower PE or a lower price, ultimately to get this one a bit cheaper and really bottom out on this cycle. Now, you probably have a little bit of time in order to do this. I don't think that this one is going to rebound in the next you know, few months. I think this is going to be a years long problem. And ultimately, it's one that you could probably accumulate over a longer time. So it's still only got about 11% of upside. That is not too enticing to me. Um, when I look over at Lamb Research, in a similar industry, their, uh, their price target is down about 8%. So I'm really not looking to buy either of these at the moment. Uh, I would be enticed to buy both of them at a lower price. And once we get some clarity as to what's going on with this inventory, where can they sell it? Is uh, Are the China relations going to get better? I, I think if that happens, Micron and Lamb Research will go back up. Um, but right now, we don't have that. We don't know. So ultimately, not a buy for me at the moment. But uh, one that I actually both of them or all three of them I would put on a watch list. Uh, Walmart, I would probably be inclined to add to some Walmart in the sense of it is a solid recession-proof stock. They are gaining market share in that grocery division. That's something that I definitely think is going to get people in the stores or on their website. If they're adding to the groceries, maybe they pick up something, uh, you know, apparel, merchandise type uh, items at the same time, which could ultimately have a reason for people to get into the store, whether it's a loss leader or not. Uh, that being, you know, kind of the the 
Costco hot dogs or the the chickens that they have on the rotisserie all day. They lose money on those items. They get them in the door on that, and then they sell them uh, a bunch of other stuff. So Walmart, uh, I do think that they are going to weather this storm perfectly fine. They they always seem to find a way to do that. And uh, one that I would potentially nibble into, I don't really like the PE at a 29. Uh, the beta is a 0.6. So very low volatility on this name. Uh, you get a small 1.5% dividend. Not really the reason I'm buying it. Buying it, it would be more of a recession-proof your portfolio, and have something that is going to weather these uh, these tough times that we're potentially going to go through. But uh, yeah, when we when we saw the attack or what we thought was going to be an attack from uh, from Russia into Poland with the uh, the missile that I believe two people were killed, two civilians were killed. Um, we definitely saw the market turn down. We were going up really nice on Monday. We had a nice uh, rally in the NASDAQ. The, the Dow was looking pretty decent as well as the S&P. Now, a lot of those names or a lot of those indexes really just you know shattered after this talk, right? And the implication was there that if Russia is attacking Poland, Poland is a NATO country, uh, it was going to be basically the wars on. And that would have been an awful thing. So a lot of those main core stocks in those indexes sold off quick. Uh, the ones that we did see rally in a very short manner there, uh, you know, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, Raytheon, all those defense contractors really shot up fast. Now, they did kind of close the day in the green slightly, but um, I just want to point out how quickly something like that can cause a change in the market because ultimately those products and those companies would be needed if we entered into a, a global conflict like that. So uh, again, another thing to hold on to during a uh, any type of conflict like that is going to be these defense names. And I've been uh, kind of preaching those from be the beginning of the year, kind of talking about uh, these recession-proof stocks, Walmart, Costco, uh, from the beginning of the year. And we're still looking at those names that are going to really bolster our portfolios and really keep things, you know, on the up and up when when things aren't looking bad on that political front or on the uh, geopolitical problems that we have. It's a, it's a lot of different things going on out there that we really need to uh, really protect our portfolios with. And some of these different names that weren't working. Uh, two years ago, where you know the the retail names or the cyclical or not cyclical, the the staple names are really in favor now. We saw a lot of these things kind of come from nowhere and and really have a resurgence. So sometimes it's really nice to build a a balanced portfolio that has a little bit of tech, has a little bit of uh, the consumer staples or the defense names or the energy names, and you can really kind of weather any type of different situation that's thrown at us. So make sure that when you're buying your portfolio or building your portfolio, you're not in too many of one sector. You want to make sure that uh, I know on E-Trade, link in the description, um, there is a way to break down by sectors and see where your portfolio is really weak. Uh, if you're really heavy in tech, you know, maybe you need to add some uh, healthcare or something that uh, you're really missing. Fill in those voids and really protect your money and your uh, your portfolio going forward. That's uh, 
something that we all need to be looking at and uh, something that I really want to kind of preach to you guys that it's a good thing to take a look on the regular to know where things are, you know, where your portfolio is and where you really want to build it to be. And, you know, I've even said on, on names like Caterpillar, a lot of these industrial names, they normally don't do well in a recession. Now, uh, I say that and, you know, someone needed to let me know that Caterpillar just took off running. Um, they hit about, uh, where we hit 239.85 two days ago. I, I think I sold a little bit at 215, 220. Um, this one was kind of stuck in that 170 to 190 range. And once it finally broke out, I thought, you know, this thing can't last. Uh, so I did trim there. However, um, one of the things that we're missing there is some of the infrastructure money that is coming into this area. Uh, Some of the problems that we had in a lot of these industrial stocks with a recession are being filled by the fact that the infrastructure spending is so prevalent right now. So that is definitely uh, helping these stocks. But again, you want to have a a big mix of uh, some, some great quality names as the core of your portfolio maybe uh, 5% in in any one name, try to spread it out against all the different sectors and really build a portfolio that can withstand anything that is thrown at it, whether it's good or bad. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk the investing portfolio. We're going to talk about uh, some different things that are going on uh, in crypto. And, uh, yeah, we're going to cover all that in the, the next part here. So stick around. Welcome back to the podcast. And, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and do so. So you do not miss any future episodes. And, uh, also if you could go ahead and share this to anyone who's interested in getting some investing, uh, thoughts and perspective from me, I would definitely appreciate that as well. And uh, you can also invite them over to the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. Uh, We're trying to share a little bit more up-to-the-date information when I'm making some buys on some different things, uh, news that you need to know, and uh, really just any other kind of pertinent information that's relevant to the market. So uh, that would definitely be great. And uh, if you want to help contribute to the podcast, you can do that over there at anchor.fm slash let it grow. And uh, you can contribute for as little as 99 cents a month and uh, continue to get all this uh, great market news that I've got. Uh, So, yeah, going forward, I know we said we're going to talk crypto. We're going to talk FTX. We're going to talk about Sam Bankman Freed. We're going to get through all that. But um, I did want to say a couple things here. We've got uh, Apple deciding that they are going to source chips from Arizona. Uh, So we are actually going to be getting away from importing Uh, chips for Apple devices, which I think is a great thing. Uh, Definitely going to help the supply chain and not have any of these shortages. And uh, Taiwan Semi is apparently somehow up 2% on that news. Uh, I'm not too sure the correlation there. I know that uh, Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway was buying Taiwan Semi, uh, bought a bunch of shares of that. So that is definitely sending that one up yesterday, trending down a little bit today, but uh, overall, uh, a lot of room for growth on Taiwan Semi. The uh, Pentagon actually told Congress today that it is a $1.4 billion short of funds needed for the next major contract to buy the F-35 fighter jets from Lockheed. 
Uh, so that one we've definitely got to keep an eye on. I know I said I was looking to buy more in the way of uh, defense names. And well, actually, I didn't really say I was going to buy more. I said it's a great thing to own when things get crazy like this. I've already got my shares. Uh, I might dabble here and there, but that's not one of the ones I'm really actively adding to at the moment. But um, Uber and Lyft are increasing, or New York's actually increasing the minimum pay rates for Uber and Lyft drivers. So I guess that would be uh, hurting Uber and Lyft's bottom line, a little bit more money taken out of their pockets going into the drivers, which makes sense to me. Uh, we've also got uh, Estee Lauder is buying Tom Ford in a uh, $2.8 billion deal. So a uh, pretty big move there for Estee Lauder. EL is the ticker. And uh, yeah, when we get back over to this Sam Bankman Freed or SBF, it's easier to say that, uh, SBF news, we're looking at uh, all this potential fallout from the FTX collapse. There was a bunch of liquidity problems. And I don't know, the more I hear about it, I'm, I'm by far an expert, by far from an expert on this topic. But uh, it's looking like there was a lot of shady dealings, a lot of backroom uh, accounting or having two sets of books, borrowing from one, paying another, um, you know, getting all this money from one account, running up his uh, his FTT coin. And I don't know if he's borrowing against that or really where that money was coming from to donate to all these different campaigns or to buy all these different uh, you know brokerage platforms that were kind of going bankrupt. I'm not sure of all the, uh, the ins and outs of it, but it looks like there was a lot of shady dealings going on. So definitely that one is hurting. I believe he is still in the Bahamas. I believe it is. And um, we're really waiting to see. I do know that Genesis and Blockfly uh, are in kind of in a troubled spot at the moment, too. They are shutting down a lot of customer withdrawals from their platforms in order to uh, remain liquid with the amount of cash that they have. So overall, it is a a complete mess right now. Uh, Bitcoin has gotten down into the 16,000 range, I believe. Uh, last I looked, Ethereum was sitting right around 1,200. But uh, really, uh, a scary time for anyone that's in crypto. Um, I've definitely had my portfolio really slashed on the crypto side of things. But um, I don't know. I think if we can get through this, I really think that regulation is going to help this. Uh, I think that a lot of the brokerages being in the U.S. or at least abiding by SEC rules would uh, certainly stop a lot of the uh, the shady dealings and having two sets of books and really having that government oversight. So I am hopeful that that happens. I, I don't know where it's going to go in the meantime. It's definitely problematic out there. And I don't really have that short-term guide. I, I can only hope for the fact that someone steps in, makes this more of a regulated uh, currency and not some shadiness with uh, some of these different CEOs and billionaires that are ultimately just manipulating the market for their own gain. Uh, so that is definitely something that is kind of top of my mind right now. Hopefully you aren't too wrapped up in this. Uh, I think there are some better ways to go ahead and purchase. Uh, you can definitely do the cold storage if holding on a brokerage is not working for you or you don't like the thought of 
someone else holding on to your coins. Um, so that is an option. And uh, also, I think some of the brokerages that charge a little bit more, uh, you know, I'm looking at, uh, well, one that came to mind was PayPal. Uh, I know it's not the best way to hold it. I know you don't have your keys on PayPal. But I also don't think that PayPal is running away with your coins um, from the standpoint of the fact that they are regulated. They are a, uh, a stock in the uh, this U.S. that is going to have that oversight from the SEC. I think that that is a safer way to hold it. Uh, I don't know that it's my number one way. Uh, Coinbase is probably a better way, being that they are publicly traded as well. But uh, you still have all of the um, kind of pin action from having all these other exchanges that are having all these problems. So be mindful there that uh, things can certainly get worse until we get some some regulation, some clarity as to what happened and ultimately kind of devise a way to move forward. Right. This this is definitely scary. It's definitely been a problem. And uh I guess it's one that we're going to have to deal with if you're in that crypto space. I know it's not for everyone. Um, you know, I kind of got wrapped up into it. Uh, I do think that there's a lot of validity to the main coins. And like I said before, I still think that these main coins are going to be around in 20 years. I don't think that 90% of these coins, probably 95% of these coins are going to be around in uh, 10, 20 years. I think those are just going to be lost in, in the ether somewhere. I, I don't know where they're going. But uh, I think the big dogs on the porch are still going to be there. I still think that, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, you know, maybe Cardano, Solana, some of these other main players in the space are going to be there. And I, I really don't want to see people getting um, getting lost in some of these smaller coins that are just purely hype and speculation. Um, so, yeah, I, I just right now. Uh, I'm kind of sitting on my hands on the crypto, though. It is uh, certainly something that I am being mindful of. And I'm trying to listen for the updates on crypto.com and finance. I do have a uh, finance.us account as well as a crypto.com account. Um, so the crypto.com, they are saying that things are, you know, all kind of peachy and everything's fine. Uh, I know that a lot of their uh, net worth is wrapped up into Shiba Inu which is a little concerning. I don't want them to have a collapse in Shiba. And then that's where a lot of the liquidity comes from. So definitely be mindful to where you're holding your coins. And uh, hopefully we can all kind of get through this one. But uh, that being said, I did go ahead and add uh, to the investing challenge for week 46. I want to say it was 46. And now I've got my papers buried here on the desk. Yeah, for 46, I did go ahead and add Disney. We kind of talked about some of the reasons as to why on the last episode. So if you missed that one, uh, it's in that second half of the show as well. But um, yeah, for week 47, somehow we are already on 47. I'm not too sure where this week or this year went <laughs> this week too. But uh, yeah, so number one, we were looking at uh, CrowdStrike. I am still... Very bullish on the, the cybersecurity uh, plays. Some of the big ones are going to be the ones where I want to go to. And CrowdStrike is one that I really favor here. Um, I think it got sold off in a lot of the tech problems. 
And ultimately, I don't know that it needed to be lumped into this category of, uh, you know, some of these high valuation tech plays. It is a higher valuation on this one. But uh, ultimately, I do think that we are going to need cybersecurity for things like this, you know, crypto hacks and for uh, data breaches, this, that, the other. If you got your credit card or any of your information online, you are potentially uh, going to get hacked at some point. Uh, it's definitely scary. And uh, companies like CrowdStrike make it a little bit less scary when you're thinking about all the technology that they're implementing, the different platforms that they're adding. Uh, I'm definitely bullish on this one. And uh, analysts are bullish with me as well. Currently, we are at 144 uh, for the stock price. And the average price target is 233. That's 62% higher. And uh, one that I think is going to be a buy and hold for me. Uh, it might not rally right now. It is down today about 2.7%. But um, ultimately, this is one that I think in five to 10 years, we are going to be very, very happy. Uh, the annual revenue increases over the next couple of years are massive. Uh, I haven't looked at them uh, very recently. I do believe they were up uh, double high double digits or or low triple digit numbers. I can probably pull that up though. Uh, so then going forward, we had number two was going to be MGM. And uh, MGM might be one of the ones you're thinking, you know, during a recession, do I really want to buy a casino stock? And uh, that might be a no, you know, normally it's not a, a great thing to be buying. But uh, I still think that there are a lot of people that, you know, maybe we don't want to buy things. We want to buy experiences uh, coming out of the pandemic, coming out of uh, a lot of lockdown and stuff like that, people still want to get out and travel. So that was one angle. But the other angle was the fact that um, all the sports betting that's getting uh, approved and legalized from uh, from state to state after this midterm election. I do think that MGM serves to benefit from that as well. They've got the MGM sports book. And ultimately, I do think that that is going to be a big driver for their uh, business going forward. So we've got um, some of the lockdown things are, you know, uh, our post COVID world definitely helps them, but also the, uh, the end of, uh, or legalizing a lot of the sports betting is going to be a big driver in that as well. Uh, so yeah, that's number two, uh, MGM. And that one had about a 43% of upside Last I looked, I'm sure that has changed a bit. I was actually just going to try to pull up this CrowdStrike number on their annual revenue. Um, yeah, their annual revenue. Here we go. Uh, so going back to number one, sorry to do this out of order. But uh, for 23, uh, their forecasted growth is 53.6% on that annual revenue basis. Now for 24, it's 110% of forecasted growth um, for their annual revenue in 24. So my thought again, buy this when no one is looking, when no one wants tech, I want to be in there. I want to add this and I'm looking at these numbers and if they can continue to have positive returns as they have the last seven quarters, uh, above their guidance, these numbers might even be light. Uh, and the fact that we are selling off these tech names, and I don't think that this one deserves to be in that group. Uh, I definitely like this one here. So that's uh, that one was the number one. I'll, I'll wrap that one up. Uh, so number three to 
go get back in order here. We've got uh, Activision, uh, Activision Blizzard, ATVI. Now, I definitely like some of these stocks when they are not getting any kind of love. This one has definitely uh, kind of slowed down with definitely kind of. Yeah, I know. Um, slow down after COVID, after people weren't doing as much gaming, people were trying to get back out and go to places like the MGM. But, uh, again, I think that, you know, the gaming industry is strong. Uh, they are adding, uh, some new call of duty titles. And I believe that sold over a billion dollars in pre-order sales. And that is definitely an enticing thing to say that, uh, you know, they have a, the titles that are getting that kind of sales, uh, even with without being on the market yet, that many people are interested. So I'm definitely thinking that uh, from all the different metaverse plays, from all the different gaming uh, advancements that are out there, um, I definitely think that uh, this one has some room to run up. Plus the fact that Microsoft is still looking to uh, purchase this one is uh, is definitely nice. Now, Microsoft is looking to purchase Activision Blizzard for $95 per share. Uh, it is currently trading at... Uh, sorry, I flipped back to my phone to pull up the uh, actual Reuters report from CrowdStrike. Now, Activision is currently trading at $74.44. Uh, so one would say, you know, why is it trading so much lower? Uh, well, one, there's a lot of people that really doubt that uh, the SEC is going to allow uh, Microsoft to purchase Activision for some some different reasons. But uh, overall, if it were to go through, it would be done at a price that is about $20.50 higher than where we currently are now. Uh, so Microsoft obviously sees the value in it. They definitely think that they can do more with it than what Activision is currently doing. So they might pay a little bit more than what we would pay. But uh, if this one did get approved, we would be in the money big time uh, right when that deal was announced or deal was uh, finalized. So we definitely got to take a look and listen for that. I still think that the uh, the gaming industry is strong and uh, it's kind of been out of favor in the past uh, few months, especially with all the other tech stocks that have sold off. Uh, so that is number three. Number four. We're going to roll right into. Now, this is Nike. We're going to look uh, right now. NKE is the ticker. And I kind of thought this one was going to sell off a little bit more with what Target was saying. What uh, You know, some of the apparel numbers out of Walmart. Uh, not really correlated, but just kind of with what the consumer is doing. I know they're a different uh, tier of product, really. But... Uh, Nike really hasn't come down. The other day, I, we had about 3% of upside. Uh, now we have about 4.25% of upside. So it came down about 1.2% uh, today. It's currently sitting at $105. Not much of an upside currently, but uh, I think a lot of uh, bad things have been priced into these forecasts. And uh, I definitely think that long-term, Nike is going to be a safer bet in that retail and uh athletic wear type play. Uh, so I definitely like the company. It's it's done well over its history. I still think that it's going to continue to do so. Um, now, you know, you really got to make the call if that's a name that you want to be in for the long run, if that's a, a name that you want to wait it out, or if you'd rather see one of these other names kind of, you know, really 
have a little bit more room to run right now. Uh, so number five, we've, uh, we're looking at the holidays on this one and that name is Hasbro. So Hasbro is the, uh, the game maker they've got, uh, let me run through the, the names of what they make. They've got, uh, magic, the gathering, they've got nerf, my little pony transformers, play-doh monopoly, baby alive, dungeons and dragons, power rangers, Peppa pig, PJ masks, and some other premier, uh, partner brands. So definitely one that I think should do well going into the holidays. Um, and they are kind of uh, catching some from some flack today over some Magic the Gathering uh, game faces. and says clouds over too many cards. Uh, so I know that there's some problems there in the Magic the Gathering brand. And ultimately, that is bringing this one down about five and a half percent today. Um, now, if we think that we're going to get through that, we currently have a 4.7% uh, quarterly dividend uh, trading at a 19.6 times PE. So probably a, a bit high on the PE, but ultimately that dividend is really nice. Plus the fact that it currently has about a 50% of upside going into the holiday season. This one should do well. Um, I definitely think that the games and, and the cards for kids and, and cr Christmas or holiday gifts should do really well in the holiday season. But uh, ultimately, it's uh, really your pick. You got to go over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook and pick one of these five names for me. So we've got uh, got CrowdStrike, got a, a tech play, uh, cybersecurity play. We got MGM, which is going to be that gambling or uh, kind of travel play. Activision for the uh, the gamers and uh, trying to catch a stock that's a little bit out of favor right now. Nike also went through some problems and uh, had some inventory problems. But if you think that athleisure wear is going to continue to uh, to dominate and continue to grow, it's a solid pick. And uh, then we've got Hasbro for all the games and uh, consumer uh, cyclical type names that are going to be maybe more so in favor in the short term going through the holidays. So um, that's pretty much what I got for you guys today, though. So please go over there to Let It Grow Investing. Please get your votes in. We've got, uh, you know, seven weeks left of uh, stocks to add. And uh, I really want to finish this one strong. Uh, I guess I could go through and say where we're at versus uh, where we were as far as the Weeble portfolio. Um, and we are using Weeble uh, simply for the fact that it, it does fractional shares. And um, yeah, we're down about 8.3%. We're down 1.3% today. So uh, we probably got right in that 6% down range, which is somewhere we haven't seen in a while. So definitely nice to see that. But uh, with that being said, that's what I got. So please get over there, vote, and uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. 
So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.